Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. And today I have with me David Carnes. David has been in the e-discovery world for quite some time, and we're going to visit about his professional background and what his career has evolved to and his current role at Case Point. So, David, first of all, welcome and thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Thanks so much, Tom. Nice to be here. So, David, could you start off by telling us a little bit about your professional background? Sure. That's actually a kind of interesting story, at least interesting to me. When I went to law school in the late 90s, to set the stage, that was kind of the emergence of the dot-com boom, and technology was really exploding. So I started a technology company in law school that specialized in consulting services to law firms around technology implementations. And then I kind of passed the bar in Illinois, but I kept right on with technology, and I ended up coming to Washington, D.C. I was the director of IT for a, a large firm in the area. And then I became the director of practice technology for another Amlaw 100 firm. So I've kind of been steeped in both the intersection of law and technology pretty much for my whole career. David, one of the things I hope we can explore in this podcast is sort of the evolution of e-discovery to what I see as a much larger series of systems and tools now. And frankly, how it, I think it's evolved much beyond simply where it started into realms of compliance. So it sounds like your kind of tech bend started you off into the specialty of e-discovery. At that point in time when you started, that was the tail end of my trial lawyer career. I'm a recovering lawyer. And e-discovery was just beginning. And literally, it was either a bunch of people in a room looking at documents or some other rudimentary strategy. What was it like for you in the e-discovery world early on? And what types of tools did you have available for your use at the law firm? Yeah, it was really interesting. In fact, you know, when I was coming up and entered the industry, at that time, there was a whole debate whether electronic documents were even considered documents of record. You know, there's this whole line of thinking that electronic documents were drafts. And then the only official document was what was printed out and either filed in court or was whatever was put in the official correspondence folder in a, in a records room. So, you know, if you think back then, a lot of e-discovery in litigation technology was around scanning paper documents. The whole mindset was around boxes and folders and documents and pages, so much so that a lot of the software was you had to kind of trick it into thinking that an email was you know, inside of a folder or inside of a, a physical box to keep it organized. And my, have we come a long way since then. You know, amen to that. When I started, the key tool was a bait stamp. Fortunately, we have evolved somewhat past that. But now if I could turn to maybe your career at Case Point, you've been with Case Point for some time, but could you talk about your evolution of your career at Case Point? Yeah, sure. I mean, when I came to Case Point, I kind of entered as a consultant, really. Now, to be fair, it was a consultant who was leaning towards the sales side of things. But I was trying to help customers learn how to use technology to fill a need they had. And that kind of led me into 
moving mostly to full-time sales. And then there was a bit of time within my career case point where I was mostly focused on strategy of how to grow the technology and better suit the needs for corporate clients, law firms, government agencies, providers, those sorts of things. And then in recent years, I've been more on come back around to sales and into sales management. And I guess part of the interesting thing about Case Point is as it continues to grow, the ways that I can help the company have also grown and changed. It's been pretty exciting. I think I was employee number five when I first started, so we were pretty small. And now we're something like over 600 employees worldwide. Could you tell us about the Case Point legal discovery platform and maybe the evolution of Case Point as a company? You talked about the growth from employee number five to perhaps 600 employees. How has the Case Point solution or family of solutions evolved as well? So initially, you know, we were really focused on law firms, and that was a reflection of how the industry worked at the time. Corporate clients, agencies, you know, people would look to counsel for how to handle these legal tech needs. And what's kind of grown and changed over time is how much those decisions have now gone beyond the law firm, although they certainly have stayed in the law firm as well. And that expertise and that knowledge base has kind of gone throughout all sectors or segments within the industry. So our platform has changed quite a bit as well, whereas maybe early days CasePoint was a consultancy that had technology. Today, it really is, we're predominantly a software company. And the CasePoint legal discovery platform has now become even beyond eDiscovery to an extent, it's it's an application development environment that supports legal workflows. And obviously, there are many workflows around eDiscovery itself, but then there's also just workflows around legal hold and data collection and just case management. And we've kind of expanded into those areas as the industry has grown. David, that's what I found so intriguing when I did some research into case point, and frankly, why I was so excited to visit with you is sort of that point exactly that when I reviewed the case point website, it was clear to me that this is a service that is applicable to a wide variety of areas, not just in law firms, but in corporations and what as well. And so I wanted to pose the question to you, would it be fair to say that at least part of the case point solution is a document management solution, not simply kind of e-discovery or document hold. Yeah, and of course, it does depend on the definition of document management. For some people, that conjures a specific image of this is where I do my drafting and this is where I hold my exemplar documents or you know, my last best uh, brief that I wrote. And in case one can be used in that regard, but we're not trying to compete in the kind of the original drafting market. But what CasePoint has become is, for many people, a repository of either discovery-ready data or data around internal investigations. It's also where data is analyzed and explored for compliance reasons. And then also, you know, data breach response, all those sorts of things. So I think, to your point, it, it has expanded quite a bit beyond just e-discovery. And it's document management for a variety of use cases that we find today. I'd like to turn now to Europe, and CasePoint is making its legal discovery platform available in Europe, but maybe I could take a step back and ask, what makes data discovery and investigations 
so challenging across Europe. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. We've had more interest from Europe in the past two years than ever before in the preceding 10. And I think it's for a variety of reasons. I mean, obviously, there's the shining light of compliance with regard to GDPR. And obviously, one can't ignore that. The obligation that data must be collected, processed, stored in the EU before being transferred internationally. And there's lots of moving parts there, which we can dig into. But then there's also a very strong need, especially as global business increases, that companies or individuals, they don't necessarily want want to avail themselves or their data to US, U.S. jurisdiction. So there's a strong interest in having data centers based in the EU. And then also we've seen that we have great technology and lots of European-based companies have wanted to use it, but there are some privacy implications felt strongly by people in the EU about the U.S. authority over data, you know, kind of conjure concerns around the Patriot Act or decisions made therefrom. And then I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that you know, many of the conversations, you do get a sense of maybe a, a bias around some of the uh, other decisions in the U.S. I think collectively, whether it's GDPR, whether it's jurisdictional issues or whether it's just privacy implications, there ends up being, you know, a, quite a need and desire for EU-based data centers with this kind of functionality attached to it. It would one of the things that I consistently hear as, I don't want to say a complaint, but perhaps challenge is the better word in Europe. And when I talk to data privacy professionals and practitioners is subject access request. So I was wondering if uh, I could ask, how does the case point legal discovery platform that is available in the EU help a company with subject access requests? Yeah. So we have a, a number of, let me rewind for a second. So you're right about the, the document repository sort of theme within CasePoint. So first of all, it's, it's very helpful to be an area where documents can be analyzed among many different dimensions. And then what we've also done is added tools that specifically help with data access requests. So being able to data mine within CasePoint across a collection of documents for things like unique identifiers. It could be government identifying numbers. It could be telephone numbers. It could be addresses. Obviously, it could be surnames and and the rest. And having that ability to take a large swath of documents and data mine for that information so that you can better respond to a, a DSAR, let's say, is a very effective use case of the technology. And I think making that easy and building in predefined parameters for extracting what is typically personally identifiable information within the data set is a strength that CasePoint has. We move from subject access requests to GDPR enforcement. Why has the enforcement of GDPR forced organizations' e-discovery processes to become more structured, secure, and efficient? I'm not a GDPR expert by any means, although I do know enough that about the regulation to appreciate that it's incumbent upon an organization to demonstrate that it's adhering to the requirements overall of GDPR. And, you know, adherence to requirements means that people want to be able to demonstrate structure and security and efficiency with what they're doing. So the fact that CasePoint allows for a workflow to happen 
that is documented throughout the process so that people can reflect back on meeting the requirements of the GDPR in a very systematic way. I think that's appealing. I think having that functionality in a singular platform that's documented for you as you go makes the overall adherence to the regulation more efficient. David, we're recording this podcast in early June, and many states in the United States and countries in Europe are starting to open back up. There's talk of people actually returning to the office either perhaps late summer or early fall. But we have had over a year now of employees working from home. And I wanted to ask you, how did this widespread shift to cloud-based tech support remote working and what may be the hybrid working model that we have going forward? Yeah, no, it certainly can't be ignored that pandemic, which led to work from home globally, has kind of turbo boosted the adoption of cloud-based tech. And what's interesting is cloud-based tech has always had advantages over on-prem tech. And the, the pandemic certainly led to its wide adoption. I think the advantages are really, let's just with broad brushstrokes say in, in three ways. First of all, a significant advantage with cloud-based tech is convenience. It's just very easy to implement and to adopt cloud-based applications and in a secure way as well. And, and look, the industry has improved a ton. I mean, if you rewind 15 years ago, it was clunky at best. And now it's seamless integration within your own um, authentication management, identity management, those sorts of things. So there's convenience getting started. I think second would be efficiency. So the raw reality is CasePoint is able to crunch through more data than on-prem environment really ever could, and and frankly, by orders of magnitude. And that is a function in in part of the scale that we work at and, and that a lot of cloud applications work at. So there's an efficiency of moving data through the system. And obviously as a cloud and let's let's be honest, more a web-based application, people find it easy, approachable, those sorts of things. And then finally, and third, um, I guess, I feel like this is overlooked a lot, is cloud-based technology can implement machine learning much more efficiently. What I mean by that is a lot of machine learning and a lot of people throw around the word AI, I think that's too broad and maybe too colloquial of a term, but what it enables is for a system to learn from your interactions with it or the data that's in the system in almost a passive and in a background sort of way so that you benefit from that. So a small example would be in the discovery world, Technology Assisted Review, TAR, has been around for a long time, and, and it works well, and it's, it's quite effective. But a lot of people stick their noses up at TAR because it seems so prescriptive. Like, here's how you do things to make take advantage of TAR. But what the cloud is able to do, and what CasePoint does, is we will passively apply machine learning to start learning from documents and start providing feedback to the appropriate users within a system. And we can do that because there's so much computing power being brought to bear that it's just working on the data and giving hints and recommendations, et cetera, as you go along. And that's just something that on-prem tech can't scale to do, except for in a very you know, small set of circumstances. So I think convenience, efficiency, and also kind of implementing machine learning throughout the system are all reasons why 
not only was cloud-based applications adopted so quickly during work from home, but I think is going to remain and probably be used in a hybrid way, frankly, from this point going forward. David, on June 3rd, President Biden made an announcement around determining that corruption and the fight against corruption on a worldwide basis is in the national security interest of the United States. And he equated corruption to a national security issue. He did not simply focus on U.S. FCPA enforcement, but he said, I think, three significant things. One, that there will be more robust enforcement against corruption across the globe. Two, our international partners will be a part of this effort to fight corruption, as well as the private sector. Uh, That, to me, means that we will have a very large ramp up of investigations, uh, enforcement actions, multi-jurisdictional investigations and enforcement actions literally across the globe. So I wanted to pose to you the question of how can CasePoint's legal discovery platform not only handle cross-border discovery matters, but be used in the investigations, be used to present and document evidence to regulators who, for companies who are involved in an enforcement action and literally help companies who may have multi-jurisdictional investigations and enforcement actions across the globe? Sure. So CasePoint's been used really since its inception extensively around FCPA. And I know we're not just narrowing in on that particular act. And it's also very much used for investigations in general. So CasePoint is not just like a e-discovery litigation tool, but it is an investigation tool as well as dealing with other jurisdictional issues. And we've seen in the past year, and it's interesting, I think work from home actually led to this, actually. Our corporate customers are using CasePoint more so for internal investigations today than ever before. And I think in part because as there are new issues that are creeping up around working from home, and as President Biden then is articulating that there are also just corruption concerns globally that need to be focused into. What CasePoint's able to do is enable a more efficient use of investigations through some of that data mining technology that we have, some of the pattern recognition technology that's in CasePoint, and that machine learning that's built in as well. So it is literally kind of crawling through the data and finding patterns of information and able to highlight them. I think that use of technology is only going to continue, whether it's a global initiative led by the U.S. or even just a self-serving initiative of being proactive by corporations. I think the use of that of technology in that way is probably here to stay. David, I have to say I'm even more convinced of a wider variety of uses for the Case Point solution after visiting it with you than I even had been in doing the research for this podcast. And but I wanted to turn to that veiled land of the future and ask you to maybe look down the road to 2025 and beyond, and what do companies, lawyers, compliance officers, and law firms need to be thinking about, not simply on e-discovery, but in a broader data management context? Yeah, boy, that is the topic of the day, too, because, look, the reality is cloud-based tech has been so attractive for all the reasons we discussed, and organizations are adopting it far and wide. Now, that can be a very effective thing, but that also means that we have 
data being used in new and innovative ways that we may have never considered before. A couple of examples. Slack as a platform is now obviously taken off. Microsoft Teams, uh, Google Meet, Google Chat, and you know so many other collaboration platforms have taken off. And what's interesting too is someone can message me on Slack and make reference to a document that is in the cloud on Microsoft Azure. And the reference is simply a URL. It's not the document itself. The document lives in the cloud. And how are we going to traverse all of these data sources and be able to mine the information across so many platforms? CasePoint is handling this today. We support cloud collections from a wide variety of cloud sources, for example, Microsoft 365 and, and Google Workspace, I think is now what has been renamed, Slack and others. But I think what's going to be interesting from this point now and into the future is are corporations and organizations really keeping a handle on all of the locations of their data? And if there are only references to URLs or um, data identifiers, are we making sure that that data is being collected and preserved in a way that can be used for you know, future investigations, litigated matters, uh, jurisdictional issues, those sorts of things. So it's fascinating stuff. David, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I was wondering if our listeners wanted any more information on yourself, Case Point, or any of the topics we've raised in this podcast, where could they go? Sure. I think the easiest way is just to go to www.casepoint.com. There's a lot there. I think you've found that as well. And then for me, is searching for David Carnes, thankfully a relatively unique name on LinkedIn or just in the web will find me there. But I've, I've really appreciated the conversation. Well, David, this has been a fascinating exploration of the evolution of e-discovery to a much broader series of systems that I see becoming even more important. And I don't know if CasePoint has is either marketing to the ESG space or is thinking about it, but I actually see lots of applications in data governance, the G part of ESG. So if you do go down that road, uh, perhaps I could ask you to come back again and we could visit on that topic. I would appreciate that, Tom. If you want to stay up to date on the latest innovations in compliance and help your business run more efficiently, subscribe to this podcast and help spread the word by leaving a review.